Hello, welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I am great. My friend, how are you? I'm good. Um, the NBA Board of Governors, David, uh, just voted in some new stricter resting rules. And basically, they go as follows. Teams must manage their rosters to ensure that no more than one star player is unavailable for the same game. And the NBA defines a star player as anyone who has made an all-NBA or all-star team in the previous three seasons. Teams must ensure that star players are available for national television and in-season tournament games. Teams must maintain a balance between the number of one-game absences for a star player in home games and road games, with a preference for those absences to happen in home games. Teams must refrain from any long-term shutdown or near shutdown when a star player stops participating in games or plays in a materially reduced role in circumstances affecting the integrity of the game. And teams must ensure that healthy players resting for a game are present and visible to fans. Now, the fine system is as follows. It is $100,000 to a team for the first offense, $250,000 for the second offense, and a million dollars for any offense after that. Okay, a lot to unpack there. Um, Let's start here. The first problem that we have, David, I don't like the way that this is framed. And this is partly the NBA's fault, and this is partly the talking head media that covers it. If you ask the average fan on the street, they would think that healthy NBA players just willy-nilly choose to sit out and rest games just because they don't feel like playing. And you and I know that is not the truth. Players want to play. Um, It is often, if a player is seemingly healthy, and I'm using air quotes, and resting, it is probably because the team's performance and medical staff have said, look, based on how you're moving the last game, your chances of having X injury is increased whatever percent. We don't think you should play. The GM and the the governor gets involved. And let's say it's a max contract guy. They don't want to lose this guy to to a soft tissue injury for no reason. So they have some kind of discussion with the player and the player, you know, will often fight them. No, I want to play. But ultimately, the the, the team usually wins out in those scenarios. So I think it's just fair, David, to let fans into a little piece of that. And I know that you talk to players all the time, like healthy guys don't want to just not play basketball. I'm sorry, Gerard, that Henry (laughs) isn't the one you're talking to about this. I, I have not heard anyone else's opinion on this subject, but his because I called him right away. And uh, as someone who's you know writing about Marcus Elliott and mm-hmm, studying the human mm-hmm. body, and who's been a champion of rest and all of this for over a decade now, um, he's got some really great thoughts. Uh, I, I have a couple to offer. They won't be as smart as his. And, but I'm happy to quote him, and I'll tell you when it's his <laughs> words, not mine. So first of all, my, my first reaction, let me react to what you said. I don't give a fuck what fans think. <laughs> that doesn't mean that doesn't mean an individual fan isn't making a good point. There are many that deserve to be heard as smart people. The average fan typically is a little bit too semi-racist. Mm-hmm. Rich black dudes are lazy because they don't want to play, and therefore we should have a rule to punish them. Fuck those guys. I don't care about them. We, I can't. I'd ra- I'll just do something else in my life if the NBA folds because those motherfuckers won't watch games or, or go to games, which they don't pretty much anyway, by the way. Right. They just gamble on them, okay? So I'd rather just say thank you for providing us the opportunity to lose the 18 bucks I have in my bank account right now. All right. I'm sorry about that diatribe. Secondly, uh, I live in a state where our Surgeon General – hold on. 
air quotes, Surgeon General, <laughs> came out, said yesterday, basically, don't take the vaccine, the new one coming out, if you're under 65. No, it's possible that there was a far more nuanced statement like, unless you have immune deficiencies or your heart is weak or you live with someone who's sick, it's possible he qualified it. I don't think so. I don't think so. They don't care about science. They only care about agenda. Okay. It is very sad to me that we now have an MBA that sounds like Ron DeSantis' Surgeon General. Mm -hmm. This is a tragedy. So here's what's going to end up happening. There is going to be one superstar or two or three or four or six that are even lesser of a player than they would normally be in the postseason because of this fucking inane rule. And then we'll see how ratings go. When all of the good players, potentially, because that's what we're talking about here. Correct. It's all rolling the dice, Gerard. It's possible that none of them get hurt. It's possible that everything's fine. The NBA is gambling on that because of the new CBD, which is Mm -hmm. all this is about is money. Correct. Right? 100%. Right. And I would tell you, players will sacrifice some of their money, not percentage, Mm -hmm. because that would be ridiculous. Correct. But some of the money, if they can play longer and better and and just have a better career, more flourishing career. Correct. Uh, th- this is the NBA acting like uh, just it, just idiots, and it's, yeah. it's devastating to me to see what they're, the, the levels that they'll stoop to. So it's excellent you bring that up. So David just mentioned the TV deal. The NBA's current broadcast deal ends at the end of the 24-25 season. So it's no secret that this is Adam Silver, NBA commissioner's next big hurdle he has to jump over, which is how do we secure our next deal? And there's been talk about the next deal being – Upwards in the neighborhood of $75 billion over eight or nine years. Okay. Now, why does that matter? Well, because, as we all know, television ratings for NBA regular season has been declining, and it has been declining for years. Um, There are a million different reasons or factors that play into it. Um, Of course, there's cord cutting. uh, There's a a, a myriad of factors. Uh, The major one that I, and I know David believes and Henry believes, the season is too damn long. That is the issue. It is way too much. Gerard, they think that too. Who, the NBA? They, they, they have to because tell me if I'm wrong. Isn't there a minimum for like trophy award winners, 60, like 65 60, yes, games? I was just going to go there. Correct. Okay. And national TV games. Correct. They also agree the season's too long. We're Correct. all in agreement on that. Correct. We're just asking for them to do something and they're not doing it. <laughs> Correct. So instead of addressing that directly and head on and figuring out a way to cut the season, they're like, well... Uh, we're going to make these rules that you, you have to play national TV games. And you, it's like, okay, but the point is still the same. The season is too long. And uh, I want to be clear. The goal is not to deliver 100% healthy players to the end of the season of playoffs. That's not realistic. It's basketball and no. contact sport. People are going to get hurt. The goal is to deliver as many healthy bodies as we can through the end of the regular season and to the playoffs. And one way you do that is by playing less games. But you know, we have to cry because, well, how are the owners going to make up the revenue for lost games? Listen, I'm not crying about billionaires figuring out. Listen, fucking you got smart people. Figure that shit out. Okay. All of you sit in rooms for days or whatever, weeks. I don't care how long it takes. Figure it out. Figure out your, your CPM on your advertising. Charge more. Make the in-season tournament uh, a special only pay-per-view thing. I don't know. Figure it out. Smart people do this for a living. You guys can determine how to how to ascertain okay here's how we make this work better guess what in in uh world association football soccer to uh, american fans do you know what jerseys of teams look like look like advertisements for 90 billion brands guess what i don't care it doesn't 
It doesn't change how the game is played. The game is still awesome. Put a billion patches on jerseys. Who cares? I don't. Like, if it's going to mean basketball is going to be better, that is what I want. And I know playing less games is going to be better. I've said this a million times on this show. I've independently talked to five different sports scientists and sports performance people. And they said to me, to a man and woman, without knowing what the other people said, and I asked them, what should an NBA player load be, load being an NBA game, over the course of any seven-day period? They all, to a man and woman, said no more than two. Do you know what the average is in the NBA? Three and a half. And most most teams play four very frequently. The Knicks, David, have a, a week this year where they play five games in seven nights. You are asking for injuries when you do that. Like, this is not... You know, you and your friends running around, fooling in your backyard, playing ball. This is NBA-level basketball, okay? Five times in seven nights. And you know if it's five and seven nights, there's travel involved. Also not great. It, it Again, the league is dancing around the issue because, oh, poor owners, how are we going to make up the money? I just gave you three ideas off the top of my head, and they're not even that great. Smarter people can come up with better ideas. Like, this is not that difficult. And again, it's to David's point, I don't like it because it puts out two the, the average fan, or even someone who isn't racist, oh, look at these guys, they make all this money and they don't want to play. And they go with the whole, man, Kevin McHale and those guys played 82 games back in the day. Yeah, you ever see Kevin McHale walking around right now? Ain't pretty. Ain't looking too good. And that's why. Because he grinded through all those, those seasons on broken foots and broken ligaments, and he's barely walking around shuffling like, I don't know, it looks terrible. There's so many, there's so many... Uh, uh, things here to talk about. Let, let's talk about the money just for a little bit, okay? In terms of uh, earned er, earned income, mm-hmm. I, I don't know this for sure because I've never done it. But I do listen to a lot of podcasts and smart people, and I read a lot of books and, and, and articles. Rather, uh, the average movie star can make twenty to thirty million dollars a film. That not including back end, by the mm-hmm. way. That's right. just guaranteed. Right. How long are they working? Three months. Right. Four months. Right. Two months. Six months at most for a really in depth right. thing, maybe. Right. Where, where's the alarm there? Where, where, no one is complaining about that. Uh, uh, the average CEO oh, well. is making as, me, as much or more than NBA players, Correct. the bigger companies anyway. Mm-hmm. They're playing golf. They're flying on private jets. They've got a, a team of executives. The guy that invented Kinko's wrote in his book, I, I own the book in my, when I'm in my house. Um, every time someone came to him with a question, he hired another manager. So we could just focus on the bigger picture. That's fine. He ain't grinding. Right. Not the same way. And I'm not complaining about those guys. We, again, we know why they're doing this, right? We know why we're doing this. So um, th- that's just one issue. Here's one of my biggest concerns. Right? One of my biggest concerns is these, these, the average media person covering these games, Gerard, is only focused on the superstars. It's so hard to get another guy who could be a superstar into that conversation because they're not being talked about. But when you rest these stars, mm-hmm. here comes Emmanuel quickly. Mm-hmm. Here comes another guy. Austin Reeves was a mm-hmm. nobody mm-hmm. until he had a chance to do more. We can celebrate those guys Quentin more Grimes. and more. Mm-hmm. Different, yeah. All different guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, uh, if, we, if we rest, like in the Knicks, in those five games, mm-hmm. they need to be resting Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett some. Mm-hmm. And someone else will come in and do great. And Charles Barkley and Shaq and all these, they need to talk about them. Right. And we'll create more stars. Yeah. It, 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 instead that. of Charles and Shaq saying, I'm not familiar with your game because I don't know you. Right. It's like, well, maybe you should pay right. attention and know them, right? No, right. It, it, it is, you, you are so right on that, David. And, you know, look, there, 
when we go back to the ratings situation here, the reason the NFL dwarfs the NBA in ratings is three things. Scarcity, violence, and gambling. Okay, There's only 18 weeks in, in an NFL season. So every game, by definition, matters because we don't have time to make up. You lose four games in a row, probably not making the playoffs, right? That's just how it goes. Um, this is America. I mean, violence is baked into literally how this country was founded. So no need to explain that. <laughs> and then gambling. I mean, there's the way the game is set up, there's so many different ways to gamble. Micro betting, live in-game, coin flips, the, this person can pass or, or, or run on this play, touchdown here, fantasy. It just and that nature allows so many people to, to to converge. And because of that and the way that scarcity is, the NFL gets to own days of the week. It owns Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. Monday and Thursday, by the way, only one game on those days. Guess what? NBA, take a page out of that book. You can own Tuesday and Saturday, right? So if you because again, 82 games, it's hard enough for us, and this is what we do, David, for a living to keep up with 82 games. And we are diehard and like have people that we work with in the league that do this. You think a casual adult who's got busy things to do has got time for 82? They don't. Trust me. They're like, I don't know. This team's got a game on Monday night, Thursday night. Who knows? But if they know, hmm, LeBron and Steph only play twice and it's either going to be on a Tuesday or a Thursday, they can plan their life to say, oh no, I'm going to be watching it on this day because I know when it is. So again, the league can address this they're not. They choose to do it in this roundabout, silly way. And look, smart teams are going to find ways to rest their guys anyway, because it's just like the, the NFL uh, injury report. They'll, they'll always tell you, we can put everybody in the injury report because somebody's got something going on. And with all these NBA players have got histories of injuries, you can say stuff like Achilles management, right? Literally, the Phoenix Suns for Kevin Durant can put on the injury report Achilles heel management. Well, that's a rest. That's a verifiable injury we know that he's had. And he has to he has to manage it. So smart teams will do it, and you know it is what it is. Well, that yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out because uh, he, he, the the argument they're making is until he's injured, play him. Right. But the but playing is what's going to cause the injury. Correct. So it's going to happen. It's a foregone conclusion that if a player tweaks an ankle, you keep playing him three games and five nights, or whatever, he's going to hurt his ankle. This is madness. Madness. So mm-hmm. the smarter team will figure out a way to rest their guys when they need to. Uh, guys that aren't uh, nicked up, they they'll play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll they'll end up playing. And and so what you're also saying is, hey, we got a national game coming up, so make sure you skip the other game. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is that good for basketball? It's just you know again they're not addressing the real issue, the elephant in the room. Uh, David, do you have like a TV or a radio on? I do. Oh. I do. Hang on one second. <laughs> I'm like, what is? <laughs> We had a little bit of uh, background noise there, folks. I'm like, what is happening? We got television, radio. Maybe he's watching a game or something. Who knows? What game? I don't know. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, no, this 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 is, as you can see by my my anger, this is just ridiculous. There's no reason for for the NBA to not address what the real issue is, which is, as we both said, the length of the season. Listen, I said it before a million times. There's 30 teams, play 58 games, play everybody twice. It's simple, cuts it cuts it to the core. You play it over the same amount of time that the season is now. There is an impossibility you play any more than twice over seven games, seven days. Can't happen. Just mathematically impossible. Right. Here, here's something that I was thinking about. And we've said this on the show before. I've said this for years now. Uh, clearly the NBA is not afraid to experiment. This, this rule is an experiment. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
The but why not experiment? experiment. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Why not experiment the other way and Correct. do what you say? Let's let's play less games and let's see how healthy our best players are in the postseason and what that means for ratings. Mm-hmm. When we have two stars on every team in every game, give give or take, obviously. Mm-hmm. You'll, again, it's all about odds. It's all numbers. Right. We're we're increasing the likelihood it doesn't mean anything's guaranteed. So I would love to see that. We're, mm-hmm. We've tried it this way. Let's try another way. Mm-hmm. And we'll play less games. Or here's a crazy idea. Starting in September. They're all <laughs> almost everyone's in camp right now. Right. Almost every player is with their teams right now. Not everyone, but almost right. the guys on Team USA are in most cases are with their teams uh, now. And, and and they're playing, guess what they're doing? They're playing five on five. It's not great basketball, right? But they're going up and down, not really practicing. They're going up and down the the, the Mavericks start. I think their training camp's the 27th. Okay. Because they're going to Abu Dhabi, right? Mm-hmm. Which is another money grab. Fine, whatever. For sure. Fine. Um, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I'm not complaining about that. So start, you know, camp starts September 15th. First game is preseason September 22nd. Season starts October 4th. And to your great point, I'd, I'd play games on Mondays and Thursdays when nothing Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Non-football yeah, do days because I know yeah. you don't want right. to go. Fine. Right. Tuesday, Saturday. Play, play those days. And you just mentioned Abu Dhabi, David. I just had another idea. Oh, so you know how World Association Football Soccer has these international breaks during their seasons, right? Because you got to go to your national team and do whatever. Yeah. you got to play Champions League and all this other stuff. Well, t- so for this in-season tournament, do that. Have the break, right? This tournament's going to take place in Abu Dhabi. You know how much money Abu Dhabi is going to pay you? To do th- Come on. Like, again, another idea that I'm sure somebody else from Smarter has thought of. Now I know there's issues about where you take money from and all that, but let's be real. You're already taking the blood money as it is. So right. let's just go right. down the road all the way. I mean, come on. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, there's other ways to do this. I, I don't know why they're so married to this, the, the calendar the, the way they are. Uh, I, I, I don't understand it. But the, the, going back to the most fundamental point, which is you're, you're asking our players to potentially hurt themselves in some cases in a significant way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a huge mistake. It's yep. a huge look for the league. It's a huge mistake. If, if we're catering to racist fans, we're making a big mistake. We have to I just agree. move on from them and and because uh, you're never going to win them over. They're always going to complain. Exactly. And they don't watch anyway. So who cares? <laughs> like, right? These are people who actually watch the game to begin with. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out and which teams are the first ones to start getting fined and who, who gets over that, that third incident where they're that, paying That'd be a good bet. Yeah. Bet on who gets fined first. <laughs> yeah, bet on who gets fined first. <laughs> uh, not a laughing matter, uh, David. Um, the Rockets' Kevin Porter Jr. Um, was arrested this week on Monday, charged with assault and strangulation of his girlfriend. She has a fractured vertebrae among many injuries, and uh, this is not uh, Kevin Porter Jr.'s first uh, brush up with the law. In 2020, he was cited for uh, improper use of a firearm in a vehicle and uh, possession of marijuana. I mean, the marijuana, I don't care about that. That's whatever, but the gun's an issue. David, this is serious. Now the Rockets are, you know, uh, the rumors or reports are out that they're trying to trade him. And my first thought is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, so because this, and I'm not saying that some discipline shouldn't happen. Clearly it should, but now you're like, oh, well, not our problem. Let's give it to somebody else. Like, this, Who reported this, that? I saw it on ESPN. I saw it on the AP. I mean, incredible sleep reports are saying that. Yeah, but I think it's much of bullshit. What I it's mean by be. that is this. What I mean by that is uh, I, I'd be shocked. And if this, was, if this is true, shame on the Rockets. Right. No one should be talking about this. You can Correct. speculate all you want. It ain't rocket science to speculate. 
Right. He's had issues. It's not rocket science to speculate that there, he's not going to be welcome. Hell, Dylan Brooks got run out for just talking shit <laughs> right, in right. Memphis, right? Right. Um, I, uh, and so my guess is, uh, of course, of course, they want to move on from him. Right. And uh, to announce it, what do you think? If, if, if indeed they did leak this because right. they think a bunch of people are going to be calling, that's weird. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, you're not. You're going to be surprised that no one's calling for. A while. I was going to say, and what team at this point is willing to take on that kind of PR? Like, oh yeah, we're interested in getting in getting Kevin Porter Jr. on our team. Yeah, yeah. That just... dude ain't playing. That dude ain't playing basketball this year. No, and, he, and he nor is not. should he. If no. he's if he's guilty as charged or even remotely close, right? If there's a, a reasonable facsimile to what they're accusing him of, he he needs to take some serious time off, and he may never play again. Like, well, there's more important issues here. For sure. Well, I mean, this is Miles Bridges. This happened with Miles Bridges in Charlotte, right? Did not play all of last season. Uh, he is yeah. back with the team now. I don't know what he's done over the year. I think he said, like, you know, he's done some stuff to address his anger or whatever. I mean, look, uh, domestic violence, all, all of these issues, right, are not uh, uh, germane to the NBA, right? This is These are issues that occur in everyday society. Everyone who has these kinds of issues needs some kind of help, right? And if help is not um, going to solve the problem, then whatever the appropriate penalties and and end result, then, then that needs to happen. But basketball should be the last thing on anybody's mind when it comes to Kevin Porter Jr. Um, this is a serious situation that, you know, again, when someone commits acts of violence, like that physical violence on another human being, uh, allegedly, you know, that is an issue, right? That in and of itself is an issue and something that needs to be addressed. So we'll see where uh, that Kevin Porter Jr. situation uh, winds up, but uh, not great um, in Houston. But David... An empty slot to turn into basketball gives an opportunity for somebody on that team, right? So whoever, wherever the Kevin Porter Jr. minutes were going to be, that opens it up now for someone else to step up and potentially show, hey, look, I, I can be someone that's helpful to this team. Yeah, and then they can be ignored by TNT if he plays, you know, a bunch of great games. You right. know, so we'll talk about him, right? Because yeah. they don't. Yeah. I'm not familiar with your game. <laughs> Unbelievable. Who is he that, play is for? That what they say? Oh yeah, I mean, Sha- Shaq's big thing is I'm unfamiliar with your game, and he has that whole segment. Of, oh, Charles does the whole segment with who he play for, and it's like I get it. Their whole thing is like funny, and it's ha. But again, the casual fan—that's what the if that's how the two biggest stars who cover the and they are Shaq and Chuck are the two biggest stars that talk about our game, and the casual fan knows them because they are very famous. If they are saying that, that gives the casual fan permission to be like, oh, these players don't matter. Right. And as you, as someone who, who develops and coaches players of all level, all the players matter. Right. So we are where we are. Listen, I don't want to get into the media thing other than just to simply to say, uh, if everyone looked like Shaq, they all wouldn't be as good as Shaq, to be clear. Very bright, unbelievably high motor and all that. But he wouldn't be doing what he was doing if everyone looked like him. <laughs> OK, uh, Charles Barkley, I saw him in person when he was a sophomore in college. You know, six foot four, could jump out of the gym, incredibly gifted, blah, blah, blah. Kenny Smith was all right, as NBA yeah. players go. <laughs> right. They wouldn't know he was right. until they won a championship in his 10th year or whatever, right. you know? Right, right, right. Um, it's, it's why are we, you know, on, on all these networks, they, they're, they have such disrespect for everyone but the superstars. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of what should be happening. Correct. The complete opposite. And yeah, it's disappointing. But that's why I don't watch any of the preview stuff. Oh, I put on the games, I tip off. <laughs> Games on in David's house and sound off. <laughs> yeah, very well. Probably because I have four games on, but yeah, I, I will. I will. You know, smattering of uh, elite pass guys. I think right. really good. There's plenty of them actually. There are. There They're are better really than national good. guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the local guys. But yeah, it's uh, that's you know, if we want to look at how to better our better our product, we have to start with that. 
Oh, that I mean, that's a number one thing. And they actually, the ESPN shook up the broadcast booth, as we know. Uh, Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy will not be the A broadcast team. Um, it will be uh, Mike Breen, Doris Burke, and, Doris Burke, and um, Doc Rivers. Now, the challenge there is that Doc's not going to criticize any coaches if they're doing anything bad, right? Because that's just the whole fraternity thing. I do think Doris will be fine. And Doc does know the game, so Doc will, you know, be, be able to share some things. Um, I do like when J.J. Reddick calls games, and he will be calling more games um, with Richard Jefferson, right? Players who played fairly recently um, and who can kind of give you a little bit of that, well, what really happens in the locker room is this, right? Like that's I, I kind of like that. So there are some good national broadcast teams, and I don't think we're going to hear a whole lot of complaining about as Jeff used to do about the officials and all the, and all the stuff that, that, that he would do. I hope not. I always, yeah, that was always very boring to me. <laughs> that was, it's like, you know, I get it. Every broadcaster needs a shtick and that was his. Yeah. <laughs> for better or worse. In, Dave, in David's mind, for worse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Uh, we'll be back after this quick commercial break. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapist for my partner and I, and both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. Okay, David, we are going to continue our burning questions. Uh, and we move to the Central Division. First up, the Chicago Bulls. What is your burning question for the Chicago Bulls? Oh boy. So um <laughs> I I think the question is going to be there's a couple of questions. One is what's Pat Williams? Is he ever gonna make kind of a jump? He hasn't yet. Number four pick, uh, you know, three, four years ago now. Um uh, and then I mean they got some Zach Levine and Vooch okay, and DeRozan who can really help somebody else. And so and so when do they move off and say, Okay, we're yes. gonna kinda rejigger things and, and yes. start over in a sense. Yeah. Yes. I, I think a lot of people think that. Yes. That w- again, our, our brains are alike on that one. My question, because with Alonzo ball injury and he's going to be out again this season, my question is for as good as Levine DeRozan and Vooch are, why aren't the bulls better? So when are we going to move on from that collection and in essence, start over? Um, and is it, is the start over around Pat Williams and Levine? Cause they're younger. And you can get, you know, DeRozan's a bit older, but you move into a contender or something like that. You know, is it, we both like Io, right? Do you let Io and Caruso, someone who you can also move, who will get a oh, lot. Oh, for sure, Caruso, back, right. Right. Yeah, so yeah. do you kind of get off those guys who can help contenders and then rebuild uh, around the younger people? That's the question. That's my question in Chicago. Because 
for whatever reason, the collection just isn't there. I mean, Vooch, for all he is good offensively, which we know, he causes you issues in the playoffs defensively, right? Because they'll target him and pick and roll, and you know, you 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 have problems there. Um, and it's a shame, you know, because Chicago has a they had a nice every year before the season. We're always like, oh, we like the guys they got in Chicago, but it just never. I yeah, I think the Lonzo injury is is uh, one of the most devastating injuries in like the last decade. Um, no one really thinks of it that way. Not no one, other than outside right. Chicago. Um, He's a glue guy because in many they, ways. Had, they hadn't made it yet, mm-hmm. and so it's like when Kawhi goes down, he had already made it. Right, but uh, yeah, he would have been he would have made everybody better. Yeah, yeah. If, that that's and, the that's and, the point about Lonzo, right, David? Is that forever the whole he was drafted number one? It was like, oh, he's he was a bust, whatever. It's his game is the perfect game to play alongside those kinds of players. He's a ball mover constantly pass the head he's the quintessential i make everyone around me better by the way i play and i think that is the piece that's missing for them elevating this team and we saw it because when they were healthy for like i don't know a month and a half i was like oh this team's really good yeah right? a couple but years ago yeah it yeah. just couldn't sustain. yeah he became lonzo became a good shooter too a very good mm-hmm. shooter 40 yeah. percent, i think mm-hmm. um yeah so i just feel like they they can they can get pretty fat with talent by moving some of those guys and you're um, right and just kind of rebuilding pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. My burning question ahead of training camp is, is this team ready to make a leap? Now, if I ask and drop, they already made a leap. They were eighth place or whatever two years ago. They were a top three seat. Yeah, I know. But they kind of got a rude taste in the mouth in the playoffs, getting smacked around by the Knicks. Um, And, you know, if anybody were to look at their talent top to bottom, the average person might say, well, Cleveland's got Donovan Mitchell, and they should be. I was like, yeah, but the Knicks are just, they were actually better, right? The Knicks grabbed rebounds. A team like the Cavaliers with two seven-footers in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen got demolished on the boards. That's a problem. So, uh, I, so really, it's like, is the Jared Allen thing something you're staying with? What What's the thing that's going to get them to move to the next level, which is win a playoff series? Yeah, to me, they're one of the more interesting uh, teams. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell has another level. I think he can get to MVP level uh, status. Um, I'd like to see him. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's, let's go back to that. Because you always say that is the hardest jump to make from yeah. all-star to now superstar MVP level. That's the that's the best yeah. guys in the league. Yeah, I think he's just he's just so talented. And, you know, there's a lot of talk of him and the Knicks and some other team and not going to re-sign in Cleveland. So he's going to have to deal with that. And the best way to deal with it is just fucking play amazing. You know, be locked in. I, he's saying all the right things he has since he got there. Uh, I, I don't remember the metrics now. You can look it up if you want. But I thought he made an improvement last year defensively. Yeah, I think he did. And um, it helps to have Evan Moe behind you. But he had Gobert before that. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to see that because I want that backcourt to succeed. I like the two-point guard look. Uh, big question at the three is Max Strews going to take Okoro's mm. spot? Okoro had shot outshot Strews last year, percentage wise. No one thinks that, but right, he was a reluctant shooter, understandably so, given his past. Uh, where does Mobley get to? Is he is he going to jump to all star level player? That's a really important thing. How what does he shoot? How does he score? Can he space the floor? He wants to be a three point shooter. Can he do it? What has he done this summer to help with that? Will he start shooting threes early, miss, and stay with it? Yeah, these are burning questions that we're asking. Mm-hmm. So, um, because if, if if he can really make a jump, uh, you don't have to go to the twin tower. If you can Correct. trade Jared off, if you want, like, oh, Mobley play the five and play five out, 
which would be great for Garland and Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I like the I like them small backcourt, big two, uh, four or five. I like that just because it's mm-hmm. different. We don't see a lot yeah. of that. So, um, and then we'll see how Coach does. Uh, you know, it's it's one thing to take them to they were four seed last year. Now, mm-hmm. you know, what can you do to to your question? Can you can you make some road? And can you make, can you travel a little bit in the postseason? And it starts with what you build. They have depth now. George Niang is an elite yep. shooter, mm-hmm. winner, knows how to play. He's always been a winner. Brought Levert um, back, and so at, and Levert, of course, and and Struess, you know, mm-hmm. he did he did play on a good Miami yeah. team last year. He wasn't good in many cases, but all those things combined are um, they just to me one of the more intriguing teams. They're loaded with talent, um, and I, I love what you said about Mobley. Right, if Mobley makes that jump that then makes Jared Allen not necessary for them, right? And he's still got value, right? Because he's on a contract that's manageable and he's still a, a good, productive uh, big man. You know, can he go somewhere else and get you some net return? Donovan Mitchell, left the three previous seasons was a net negative on defense, a net positive this past season. So yeah, he's definitely made a step up in that area. And he's making an effort. Um, I love that idea of, so you got two smalls in the back, but your three fours are a little bit bigger, right? Or your four fives are a bit bigger. Yeah. Right? That, that's kind of cool. Um, and again, so as much as the, the jump for to make from all-star to superstar is the hardest, would you say as a coach, the next jump that's hardest to make is the hardest jump to make is from, okay, I brought a poor team to being a, a good team, but now a good team to a great team. Yeah. I, I don't know what the hardest jump is. That That, that is hard It's uh, but it, because it's just hard to do. The other team's trying to beat you. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to a player yesterday at, um, at lunch or two days ago at lunch. Uh, the comp- you know, yesterday at lunch, the competitiveness, um, th- it used to be such an advantage. Mm-hmm. Like I'm speaking to a college team next week, um, and I'm going to talk about this. Uh, uh, the most competitive dudes keep bubbling up. Mm-hmm. And so now you get to that top league, and most of the guys are super competitive. There's still a range. Mm-hmm. And so um, you've got to get uh, that team believing we're, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And here's our plan for it. Um, it's and so as a coach, you know, you you may not be able to get more out of them than you're already mm-hmm. getting in the postseason. Now you got to execute. Now you got to hold guys accountable. Guys really have to understand exactly what they're supposed to do to win games, what they're supposed to not do, also. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely harder. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> All right, moving to the Motor City, the Detroit Pistons. David, burning question ahead of training camp. I mean, I got to think everyone's going to ask the same thing. Got to be about the point guard. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 you if you write questions, it starts with Kate Cunningham. Yes, correct. He's number one pick in the draft. Sure was. You know, consensus best player uh, coming out of high school. Like, like we barely seen the guy. He got hurt last year, right? To be fair, so we don't. You know, shit happens. So we're always been right. Hurt. Yeah. So so we didn't yeah. know. I will say, and I know you saw this. Um, and you know, take it for what it's worth. But as the Team USA team was uh, preparing, they play against select team before they start. Twitter FIBA stuff. And, he played well. And Cade yeah. was on the select team and he was busting people's you know what's on the on the main team. So we know he can there's never a question, can he play? We we know that. The question is, is he going to be healthy this year? Um, so that's one. My question is uh, alongside that, what can new head coach Monty Williams unlock um from him? Because we both think Monty's a very good coach, and I think this is a good situation for him, right? A, a team with talent and young talent who has been bad for the last several years. Can he get them to believe, start playing and competing on the defensive end of the of, of the court, which is going to be important for him, and that's a big thing. If they start doing that, is this a team that, like, you know, can mess around and start saying, hey, we can get a 10 seed and get into the play-in? They sure got the talent, too. It's possible. 
Yeah. And then you've got, um, I was talking to a player, oh, maybe a couple weeks ago, uh, who shared some time on the court uh, two years ago with James Weissman. Mm, that's right. Yep. Weissman's there. And he, and he was like, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. It was more than that. It was his last year of high school. Uh, he was blown away, blown away with how talented. Like he said, this guy's going to be the best player in the NBA. This is an NBA player telling me this. Mm -hmm. He said, that guy can be the best player in the NBA one day. He, and then, and then I spoke to a player who was a teammate of Weissman's last year in, in Golden State who said the same thing. Great guy, great worker, super humble, plays hard. Like, but, you know, we, you know we, we move on from guys at some point, unfortunately. Too fast, I think. And they got Jalen Duren, who's, you know, 20-year-old, look like he's 38 Ben Wallace, you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so if Kate Cunningham shows his thing and Wiseman suddenly kind of figures it out to another level, because he's Ivey. had moments already. <laughs> yeah, Jay and Ivy's got to make a beat jump. He was just okay last year. But I'm a fan of his. I, I really ranked him very high. Um, they got the shooter in Bogdanovich, who's easily moved down the road if you're not looking to compete, although I think they should try to compete this I year for so a playing spot. Yep. Um, we'll see. You know, they, they, we'll see. Yeah, Monty, Monty's been up and down in my book. He's had really great moments. And then I thought last year in Phoenix, last couple of years, where something happened. Like, how do you yeah. lose DeAndre Ayton? I didn't mm -hmm. love that. So mm -hmm. the money he's being paid, you know, he, he, he'll be fine no matter what. But there's a responsibility to that. Yeah. And you are you you've been high on Wiseman, uh, to be clear. And you're still high on Wiseman. The talent is there. The question is Watched him a ton. Can someone breathe can someone breathe spirit into him? Yeah. Is my Monty might be the guy. He might be. He might be. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious. All right, moving to Naptown, as Jalen Rose calls it. Uh Indiana Pacers. I got a question about David's favorite player in Indiana. Andrew Nemhart. What? are they going to do with this super talented guard? Because, David, he probably should be starting. Right. But Ben Matherin said earlier this year in some podcast that he was going to start. Buddy Heald probably wants to start. Like, this is a good problem to have if you're Indiana. Correct. Um, I, I, I think those guys will all play. Uh, Obi Toppin, who I was very – I wasn't very high. I was high on him coming out. It was a bad draft. Um the Indiana, one of their biggest problems is defense and rebounding. You can mm -hmm. combine the two. And I don't know that Obi solves either problem. I think he fits <laughs> in great offensively. But that's on Obi. He, he should be a better rebounder. He's tall and athletic. His speed is going to really help the Pacers already play top three in pace. Mm -hmm. So that's a good fit. Um, Jairus Walker, I'm, I'm a fan of his. Yep, He's like going to come off the bench probably. I don't think they should start him. I think they're going to try to make the playoffs or the play-in this year. Uh, uh, Bruce Brown is a question mark. That's right. What Bruce does he Brown. do as a 20 plus million dollar player mm -hmm. and not just a role player? Uh, he's going to find out Miles Turner is a nice player. He ain't no Jokic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tyrese, Tyrese is fantastic. Tyrese. So that'll be good. Yeah. And I think their best lineup is starting with, uh, Tyrese Nemhard and Brown. I agree. Three guards. Nemhard and Brown can guard up a little bit mm -hmm. and then throw in Obi at four, play super fast mm -hmm. uh, with Miles at five. You yep. play five out. Everyone shoots threes on that group. I love that. And then you bring in Matherin off the bench and let him just go score, which is all he really wants to do anyway. People in Indiana are, are – I, I, we spoke to a media guy recently there who said he was very disappointed in what he's seen from Ben this offseason of mm. score, 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 score. I, you know, cool your jets. Let's just see the games. He may be – much more willing to pass than he was last year. He showed a little progress this summer. Not a lot, but a little. 
but he's a stubborn guy and just wants to score, I think. And that's fine. Be a six-man scorer. Right. Aaron Nesmith is a nice player. That's right, yeah. Uh, TJ McConnell's a good player. Mm-hmm. They can trade TJ and Buddy and get good players. Yeah, I mean, get, sure. get good assets. Picks, mm-hmm. young players. Those guys have value. And I'm a big fan of Isaiah Jackson. Miles yeah. is backup. Yeah. Hell, they could trade Miles Turner if they're not going to make the playoffs this year. And just if Isaiah's like 22 years old. And he's a high flyer. Very athletic, shot blocker. So Indiana is coming. It'll be a year away, but we're going to talk a year from today, hopefully. And and they're going to have Final Four. They're going to be like Cleveland mm. is this year. Final Four contenders, I, I think. I like that. In I a like year. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, we, we talked about the talent. We love it. it it's, it's excellent. I love that lineup, too. You just mentioned of Halliburton, um, Nemhart, Brown, um turner and um who's the four uh an obi like i i love that i'm like ooh, that's yeah, i think they're a pretty good group that's uh that is nice look guys you know you leak past people out there turn into tune into that that indiana See, you'll, you'll have to kind of- you'll have to they have like two <laughs> national tv games all season i read i read somewhere where tyrese was i think overseas when, it, when the schedule came out i was like two games <laughs> Like, they're a fun team to watch. Again, they were third in pace. Tyrese is amazing. Yeah. He and Nebhard are the best passing backcourt in the league, if there is, by far. But in terms of two guards as passers, mm-hmm. they're the two best. Pick and roll, brilliant players. Um, they play fast and loose and shoot a lot of threes. Buddy's fun to watch, good and bad. Uh, but he's good. He's a good player. Um, I don't I don't know why. Yeah, Indiana. Well, whatever. I don't, but it is what it is. It's, the NBA schedule, those are doing right. I think, they but, do. They do what they yeah. do because they figure no one's going to tune in. So, yeah. You're going to have to pass, friends. Get, yeah. get it and, and tune in to Indiana. They'll be fun. All right, David. Cream City, the Milwaukee Bucks. Your burning question for Milwaukee. My, my number one question would be Chris Middleton's health. Yeah. yeah so alike. I think, it's so crazy. Yeah. I just think that. Uh, he was a very good player last year. He just didn't play a lot. And so, you know, I've been, I've written about Milwaukee. I think they should move all their guys, but, um, you know, if, if Chris starts off great, then they certainly could be a, they're a contender if he's healthy and they're not, if he isn't. Yeah. yeah simple as that. It's, yeah. I think you couldn't have said it better. It's pretty much open and shut. It's Middleton, right? If he is not, because remember when they won the title, he was arguably their most important player, not their best player, but their most important player in that when they had to get buckets down the stretch, he was the guy that could do it in an individual isolation situation. Because remember when they packed the paint, Giannis has got to shoot. He can't shoot. Um, And so, yeah, Middleton matters, but again, he's injured. And so, or he hasn't had an injury history lately. He's on the other side of 30 now. So he ain't getting younger and he's not getting healthier. And given this new rule, it'll be interesting to see how they play. And they have a new new head coach there um, in Adrian Griffin, right? It's not Mike Budenholzer, so things are going to be very different in, in Milwaukee. You know, how do they handle that? Do they say, at the beginning of the season, put him on the injury list literally on day one? So that way it's already there and it's established that we are working through him. You know, he, he probably shouldn't be playing back-to-backs. And anytime Milwaukee has a five-game and seven-night stretch, he's definitely not playing all five games, if it were me. But, you know. Yeah, I wonder if... Uh... If people who love sports and go to law school are thinking there might be a career in the NBA as a lawyer, uh, just arguing these points, you know, fighting these fines kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be some interesting strategies with that. For sure. Um, I, uh, you know, we can't forget Giannis's comments yep. when, he, when he could have easily not gone there. And I, I think the quote was something like, I, you know, I want to be loyal to mm-hmm. Milwaukee, but I want to be loyal to the Larry O'Brien trophy, something like that. Like, 
I got to go to a better situation if there is one. David, he was on a podcast yesterday or earlier this week, and it was he's like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Milwaukee Buck is what he said. He said, but I'm also a winner. So if there's a situation right. to be a winner somewhere right. else, that's where right. I'm going. What it, did You didn't watch Game of Thrones, did you? Of course. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> You're much more culturally relevant than me. Uh, what is it? Yeah, there was one of the last few episodes. Um, two of the star kids are talking, and, and the, the Sansa, uh, the red-haired girl, Sansa, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yep, Sansa. Mm-hmm. She's talking to Jon Snow, and, and she's, You're built for this. And she's saying all these nice things about him being the king mm-hmm. of the North. And, and then she said, But, and he laughed. And she said, What's funny? He said, You remember what father always said? Mm-hmm. Everything that comes before But is bullshit. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I think of with the honesty yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, he's doing what, as we talked about it when those first those comments first came out, he's doing what every star player does, which is letting his team know. Yeah, I'll rock with you as long as you're doing what I want you to do, which is compete for titles. As soon as you start going in a different direction, I'm out. Like, and I guess what? That's fair, right? It, it look at like wherever well, you work, it, right? Like, same it's thing. Fair both, right? It's fair both ways too. As I've said, I, I if I was a GM, I wouldn't want to be held hostage by any star. Yes, you said as that. soon as you start feeling you're being held hostage, well, I'm going to move you on my terms, not on your terms, on my terms, because it's it's already moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to go ahead of time. And you and you wrote that that great piece that got all the Milwaukee fans mad at you about hey look it might be yeah. time and again it it may sound premature but he, again quote Belichick always rather do it a year earlier than a year too late right and it it just might be the time I think you know fans we we fall in love with the idea of all we got to do is just fix this and we're right back in the title hunt it's like guys you mm-hmm. think titles are just this thing that just happens all. Every year you go, the Warriors and LeBron have fooled you all and, and Michael Jordan in the past that, oh yeah, every year you just show up. No, it's not how this works. It's fucking hard and you need some good luck to help you along the way. Sometimes it's just bad luck that happens, right? I mean, look at the Phoenix Suns, right? Best record. They went to the NBA finals against the, the Bucks. 2-0 lead. Everything looking great. Next year, best record in the league. All right. They get waxed in the second round. Now look, rebuild. You got old guys. Hopefully you're trying. It's like, this is... This is very tenuous, this line of trying to get the championship. So if you think it may not work, better to break up and sell it at sell at your highest, get as much back as you can for those guys, and then come back in and rebuild and do David's strategy of, I'd rather win 50 to 55 games every year and give myself a chance than go all in. Maybe I get to the finals, but then I'm shit out of luck and I'm winning 10 games for the next three years as I rebuild. Right. Right. That's what I think. Yep. Nope. We shall see. All right, folks. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll, we'll finish out the rest of the Eastern Conference with our five burning questions. And uh, yeah, we'll continue from there. Take care.